0: speak and I could just relax so anyway anyway it's good to be with you it's actually it's a wonderful thing to be with you and uh, I thank the Lord for this opportunity and this privilege thank the Lord for these young guys and lady over there on the piano so that's wonderful to just see you guys and now we have some an old married guy up here so anyway anyway we're rejoicing that and uh, I just thought, I probably ought to just mention just a little bit. Uh, Marty and I, uh, for, for those who don't know us that well, Marty is my wife and uh, most of you do know, uh, she's, she wasn't able to come on this trip and she's working. I talked to her late last, or fairly late last night. She, she works for people who have special needs and she was in a merge all afternoon evening so with one of those individuals. but. Uh, Anyway, she cares about these people that God has put in her, her trust. And uh, so we thank the Lord for, for that. And uh, we, uh, uh, Wayne is in Dallas. And Chris, we're thankful he lives right in Peterborough where we are. And our, our biggest excitement is he has three grandchildren. And so we're, our, our grandchildren. And uh, he's not that old yet. Uh, but anyway, that's a real joy for us. And uh, we get the call, I got the call just the other day. Uh, his wife Amy said, uh, she said, uh, uh, hi, is Marty home? And I said, no, she's not home. She said, uh, are you gonna be home tonight? And it's babysitting opportunities abound, right? But uh, we, we, we're we really excited. We, As you may know, we have eight grandchildren and three of them live close by. So we have the opportunity to see them at least on a weekly basis. and. Uh, I was over at uh, Chris's house just um, a couple days ago, and and I I was returning uh, little Emma, who's in between. She's she's uh, three, but wants me to know she's four almost. And uh, she's she's not no she's no longer a baby. She's no longer little. She's grown up, right? Anyway, and but I returned her and little Levi, who's a little older than her, almost almost six. He says, can we have a sleepover like right tonight? You know, I said, not, not tonight. But anyway, we, we're so thankful we have access uh, to see those little ones. And uh, one of our big prayers, and you can join in, and I'm sure you think of your loved ones. We're just praying for their salvation on a regular basis. Uh, we think maybe our oldest grandson, uh, not Levi, but our oldest grandson may know the Lord. And uh, we're just praying for their salvation and their protection and their growth. And, and I'm sure you do that for your loved ones as well. And we just wanna see them come to put their faith in the Lord Jesus and go on for Him and uh, live lives to, to His glory. And so we, uh, we thank you for all your love and your prayers. Uh, it's, it's a joy to be back. It's like when we come back, uh, we just pick up in our conversation where we left off. So that's a, a wonderful thing. And thank you for your, your love and care. Well, uh, since it may really disappointed me by not speaking, uh, let's pray and ask the Lord for help, okay? And I'll, we'll see. Father, we thank you for uh, your wonderful care for us, your love for us. We thank you that you've sent the Lord Jesus to die for us and that in his death and resurrection, he's made the provision for each one of us to come to faith so we can come to life and live uh, abundantly in him, through him. And Father, we know that life is, is not an easy uh, journey. But we thank you that you have us where we're at. We thank you that you have your best for us where we're at and where you want to take us. And we know that your word is your word to us to, know, to teach us how to make the next steps. wherever we're at, whatever we're doing, whatever stress or strain or joy or whatever, your word guides us by your spirit. So we just wanna depend upon your spirit to uh, just take your word and plug it into our hearts, plug it into our lives, so that it will make a huge difference as we just continue our journey. And we just ask, we just depend upon your spirit to have his way and his work in our hearts right now in Christ's name Amen I'd like you to uh, turn to uh, Psalm 147 Psalm 147 it's an interesting uh, psalm and if you if you get there and I'm going to one of the uh, kind of a makes it a little more complicated I want to go to various passages today uh, but I want to just if you'll look at Psalm 147. I just want you to look at the beginning of it, in, in verse one, and then the end of it, and you'll see there, it says praise the Lord, and then at the at, at the very bottom, praise the Lord. It's like we have have two uh, bookends, and uh, my wife knows all about bookends because. I know a lot about books. I have all these books, right? And my son is grieving the day that I'm gone. What is he going to do with all these books? But anyway, I have bookends, right? And so we have a bookend here and we have a book in here. Now, in this, in the middle of this, we have things to praise the Lord for. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah is, is the, the Hebrew. And I'm sure, you know, we sang that this morning. Hallelujah. Praise the Yah. Praise the Lord. What, what is it between the bookends of your life, the beginning and the end, that we should be praising the Lord for? There's, there's many, many things if, if we reflect. And we're going to talk about several key things that are important. Now, this is relating to uh, a group of people that lived long, long ago but have principles that are relevant to us right right now. And uh, hallelujah. I want us just to uh, read a little bit of this portion as as we begin it. But I want you to understand a little bit of the context that appears to be behind it because obviously in understanding something from God's Word, if we understand the context in which it was written, it will help us immensely to appreciate it even more, to to apply it even better. It appears that this was written uh, after the, the Jews who had been driven into exile were brought back into their land. If you remember and of course this goes way, way, way back, historically. The, the Jews were living in the land, the Babylonians were a very, uh, kind of almost like an ISIS, <laughs> just brutal people. And uh, they came in and conquered the Jewish people. They, they, they crushed them. Now we'll talk a little more about the why of that. But they came in and they crushed the Jewish people and then they dragged them you know basically brutally if the ones they didn't kill they took into captivity so it was it was i think it's in some ways it was similar to what we are seeing today in places where they're just desperate you know they're being they're being uh, slaughtered enslaved, it just, it, this was the worst of the worst. If You, you think, what, what can be the worst that could happen? Well, these people were experiencing some of that. These Jewish people were being taken into captivity. Now, as, as history goes and as we see throughout history, one nation eventually is conquered by another nation. The Babylonians were, were conquered by the Medes and the Persians. And the Medes and the Persians uh, under Cyrus uh, in conquering the Babylonians, now the Jewish people, Cyrus apparently was more of a compassionate man, king, and he made a decree where the Jewish people could actually go back to their land. Here they'd been crushed and brutally Uh, devastated but now Cyrus says if you want to take the people back you can go back to the land and and so some people chose to go back and not everybody but some there was there's quite a contingent that went back to the land now you go back and um, it had been just decimated so you're, you're going back to basically ground zero I remember a picture, uh, Dad was in World War II and uh, actually when and after the bomb in Hiroshima, uh, Dad with other, other of the soldiers, the military, went in not, not long after the bomb was dropped and there were some pictures. I remember I have one picture that Dad took just a little snapshot of Hiroshima and he just, he just couldn't believe the decimation. Nothing, nothing, right? Well, that's much what it was like going back. It was, it, 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 was just, it was just awful. So what do they do? Well, they go back, they go back to Jerusalem, and they go back, and they begin They begin to build. And of course, if you were a Jewish person, you would know the very, one of the very priorities that they had was to rebuild their temple. I mean, that was the center point of their spiritual life, right? They want to rebuild the temple. And uh, their worship of God and and all that was surrounded in that. And so they did do that. They built a temple. But (laughs) they were so vulnerable. I mean, to have a temple and you still have those around you who are opposed to you. You still have enemies around. And they wanted to take these people out again. And so in the next next, uh, group that came... They came to rebuild the walls. For Walls meant for them for protection, right? Defense, safety. And when the walls were finished, it was amazing. It was amazing. We'll read a little bit about that. But it was amazing. When they got back and, they, and, they, and miraculously, by God's help, they rebuilt these walls. And it is thought that the psalm that we are going to look at was a celebration of that event. It was a huge moment in their history. They had gone from ground zero to a greater sense of safety and God's care. And what do they say? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now let's let's look at this, this wonderful, this wonderful passage of praise. And uh, again, if you think of, uh, of times that you have something to praise the Lord for, we can join in and, and, and apply our situation in, in some measure to these principles. I want to begin reading Psalms 147, verse 1. Praise the Lord. For it is good to sing praises to our God. For it is, a, it is pleasant and praise is becoming. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the outcast of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He counts the number of the stars. He gives names to all of them. Great is our Lord and abundant in strength. His understanding is infinite. The Lord supports the afflicted. He brings down the wicked to the ground. I just want to stop there. I want you to think with me just a little bit. And if you hold your place there, obviously that's the main passage. But I'm going to go back. If you want to go with, I'm I'm going to go to Nehemiah. And I know uh, sometimes you think, where is that book at? But anyway, (laughs) as you go back toward the front, it's not all the way to the front obviously. But in Nehemiah, I'm going to go to chapter 12. And I want to go to verse 27 when we think of these walls being completed. These walls being completed. Verse 27 of Nehemiah 12. Hope I got that right, I was, I was doing some stuff with some young people uh, a couple of weeks back and uh, I had the totally different book and everybody was kind of had this stare at me like, where are you and who are you, right? But anyway, now hopefully you're in the right, right zone, right world, Nehemiah 12. Verse 27, now at the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, remember, okay we got the wall back, the security, s- safety, They sought out the Levites from all their places to bring them to Jerusalem so that they might celebrate the dedication with gladness, with hymns of thanksgiving, with songs to the accompaniment of the cymbals, harps, and lyres, or guitars almost, right? Kind of. So the sons of the singers were assembled from the districts around Jerusalem. Now... They they say okay we want we want to praise the Lord we got we got this wall this awesome opportunity and so they would bring in you know people like Sam and Nick you know they bring okay the singers right let's get okay let's get together guys bring your instruments we're gonna have a huge celebration and so they come but notice this is they're so thankful to God for what He has done in this amazing moment. Of, of their history and of their lives. And they had seen the worst and now they were coming, they were having recovery. And, uh, and notice they have these instrument symbols. I, was, I should have brought this, but I, my suitcase was so full and, uh, and way over the top stuff. So I'm, I, hope, I hope it recovers and we get back home altogether. But anyway, I, had, I thought of these little symbols one time uh, and I still have them at our house, but we bought these for our grandson. And uh, Levi, and so it's kind of a musical container of of, of symbols and anything. I mean, you guys would kind of enjoy this little box of music. But anyway, so these one symbols, bam, bam, bam. You know, really, some, you know, really great sound. Bam, 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 bam. and Of course. Uh, Levi mainly just Bams and his little sister. She's she's going to be a musician, I think. But she anyway. So they just bam 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 these cymbals, right? And you just drive you bananas. We we offer actually we bought them for her par- that to take for their parents to take home. But the parents refused to take them home, so they're still at our house. But anyway, so anyway, but they said, bring your cymbals, bring your guitars. We're having a super celebration of what God has done. We're going to thank him for what he has done. And, and, and they, they come back. And I, and I love these uh, in, again in Nehemiah 12. And this is down, dropping down to verse 43. And on that day, they offered great sacrifices and rejoiced because God had given them. And I, and I love this, given them great joy, great joy. And then it says, even the women and children rejoice, so that the joy of Jerusalem was heard from afar. I think that is pretty cool, the joy of Jerusalem. They're so so excited about this event. And this psalm, this psalm brings us, going back to our psalm, brings us to praise. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. Now, again, we're talking about Jewish people, and we're talking long, 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 long ago, but yet God's Word is so relevant. It has, such, it has principles that plug into our lives, where we're at, what we need to do. And so we need to also be a people of praise. Let me just ask you, what is the last thing that you remember, recall, that you praised the Lord for? What is that thing you say, wow, you just you praise the Lord for, right? We, we recently, I <laughs> You know, you're getting older, things are not working quite so right, you know. And so I'm, I'm driving, I'm driving and I pull in this lane in a place I hadn't been. I pull in this lane and I think, oh man, this is a time to die because this car's coming right at me. I'm in the wrong lane. I'm in, you know, totally numb in the brain. And I'm thinking, oh man. So I'm just thinking, ah, how soon is this going to happen, right? <laughs> Thankfully, they slammed on their brakes and saved the day. Believe me, my first thought was, "Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! I'm so thankful I'm not dead. I, you know, I mean, I want to go to heaven, but not yet. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway, praise the Lord, right? That boy, and that was from the heart. Believe me, because I was still, you know, right, Jacob. Now, what, what is it? You know, there's so many things, so many things. I was I was driving last Sunday, and I was uh, I, I I speak at different places, and I was going across and one of my one of this drive is it goes through. Uh, farmland and different. It's quite a little drive. It takes me it may maybe an hour and forty five to get there. So, uh, going along and but so many the the color of the trees, the diversity of the color and the beauty and and you're starting to see little signs of, of fall and I just think wow, praise you God, you know and and just thank the Lord I can see it. Thank the Lord I can be a part and and observe it. Praise the Lord. There's so many things to just say. God, thank you. Thank you. I praise you. Now these people were ecstatic because uh, it wasn't just a nice drive and they didn't have just a nice day. And they weren't just, you know. But they had come out of the absolute dark season of their life. They had seen things they never could forget. Things that they wanted to forget but they never could get rid of because they were so horrendous. But they come to this moment in their life and they say, oh God, thank you, thank you, thank you. We praise you. And God wants us to be a people of praise. And it's not about the praise as much as it's about the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for who He is, what He's done. And so we come to this passage. And, and notice, this is it, it is a given but it, is, it needs to be restated. Praise the Lord for it is good to sing praises to our God. Just as we were singing this morning, these hymns that the Lord has given us through individuals over time, it is good, it is good, it is good to praise the Lord. It is the right thing to do. And, and we're to praise the Lord, and in this section, verses 1 through 6, because the people have been restored, we praise Him. We, it, it is, and notice what it says, again, if, if you read on that verse 1 of Psalms 147 again, Praise the Lord for it is good to sing praises to our God, for it is pleasant and praise is becoming. A praise is the right thing to do before the Lord. It is the appropriate thing to do to praise Him. We are to trust Him. If, if you've never come to put your faith in the Lord Jesus, you've never, you've never realized your need for Christ, and you're going through life, you know, the, sin is our, one of our, our greatest enemy, right? We, and, and all of us, all have sinned and fall short of the glory. We all messed up. We all continue to mess up. We need a Savior. We need a Savior. And the Lord Jesus came into the world, died for us, rose from the dead, and He can save you if you put your trust in Him, put your faith in Him. He's the, he's the Savior. So, man, that's the first step of the whole thing, the process of praise, is trusting the Lord for our salvation. But it doesn't stop there. The whole journey, God blesses us along the way. It doesn't mean the journey's easy. We live in a sinful world, painful world, hard times, bad times. But God is, is for His kids. And we praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for our journey as He takes us. Now notice, it is good. It is so appropriate. God is to be the center. And we're to praise Him for all that He is and does. For it is good to sing praise. It's appropriate. It's the right thing to do. Now as we as we think on in this passage, notice, and this is where it connects in with the little historical sketch we gave. In verse 2, the Lord builds up Jerusalem. See, now that... You know, we read that, it kind, of, it kind of bounces off. But for them, building up Jerusalem was huge. It had been desolate, decimated. And now God is building it up. He builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the outcasts of Israel. Now again, that has so much more. It, 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 they felt it far more than we. Because being an outcast, Remember? Think of all the refugees today that we hear about, and we see on the news, and, and we think all the refugees in Syria, all the refugees, that they have no home, they have no place, and they're, they're on the run, and they just live on minimum, everything is minimal, and, and, and they're at the mercy of whoever is around them, wherever they run to. Well, these were outcasts, they were the kicked out group. And, and, and they were people in prison. They were people on the run. They were people wondering, where am I going to eat? What is going to be my next meal? And, and, the, and so they are the ones that God cares for. You know what? A lot of us at seasons in our life feel like we're the outcast. There's so many people in this world that nobody cares about. There's, they're, 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 they're the outcasts. They're the leftovers. There, they're the forgotten. And a lot of people are in that exact same feel in our culture. But you know what? God cares about those people. And in this case, he gathers the outcast. He brings them back. He brings them back home from their captivity, from their disasters. And you think, Notice, he, he, he gathers the outcast of Israel. I was trying to remember the exact quote, and I, I, I couldn't pull it in. But a man asked a person, well, why can't why can I believe in God? Why can't I trust the Bible? And he, and he just gave one word, and he said Israel. You know, it's, it's amazing. Israel, this, this little nation of people, still survives. That, that's, you know what, that's a God thing. That's a God thing. People have been taken in captivity, they've been cast aside, they've been run over, they, Hitler tried to wipe them out. God cares for His people, and he, he provides for this group of people. And these principles, first and foremost, are related to Israel. But still, and we're not Israel, but if you have trusted Christ as your Savior, you are one of God's kids. You're not Israel, but you're one of God's kids. And God, God wants the best for us, just as He wanted the best for His people, Israel, who are still uniquely His people. And so we read, we read this of his his care for them, and I think this is just an awesome statement. He heals verse verse three. He heals the brokenhearted. They were brokenhearted people. Now I want us to think clearly about this because uh, brokenhearted they were partly the cause of their own brokenheartedness because they had refused God's God's work in their life. Now I want, to just, I want to read something to you and I, and I see I need to watch my time very closely. But I want to re- I'm going to read this out of Jeremiah 18. Now if you want to go there, fine. If you want me just, just to listen to what I've got to say. This is before they were taken into captivity by the Babylonians. And it says this, Jeremiah 18, and I'm, just for time I'm breaking in. Um, to verse 11, Thus says the Lord, the middle of it, Thus says the Lord, Behold I am fashioning calamity against you, against the Jewish people. They were living at that point in disobedience there. They said, you know, they knew God something about God, but they didn't really want to obey God. They didn't want to follow God. They were just doing their own thing, just like we in our culture. So many just doing our own thing. We've had the opportunity to hear the word, have the word. Just say, hey, God, don't bother me. I'll check in if I want to later. But they said, hey, no. But and God's trying to get their attention. Well, hold on. Fashioning calamity against you. He says this to his own people. Devising a plan against you. Oh, turn back. He says, each of you from his evil way. Reform your ways and your deeds. Hey, wake up. wake up don't go there don't stay where you're at get out of this mess but they said verse 12 but they will say it is hopeless for we are going to follow our own plans now i I think the the niv uh, helps us understand this is the attitude they had it is no use the people said we will continue with our own plans each of us will follow the stubbornness of his evil heart that's, that, that, that's where they were at. I, you know what? Thank you, but no thank you. In the New Living Translation, it says, of these people as responding to God's trying to get them to turn. Don't waste your breath. We will continue to live as we want to, following our own evil desires. Now, what, what happened? God says, turn back. Get you know, Do not go down this road. Do not go any further down the road. Turn. I mean, and they said, you know what, no, no, no thanks. Don't, don't, You know, we'll call you, don't call us. And so what happened after, after refusing, 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 God says, hey, guys, I got to deal with you. I got to deal, you know, God cannot ignore sin. Sin is not a neutral issue. And so he, he, he says, OK, I got to deal with you. And so God had to discipline them. He disciplined through the Babylonians. Oh, man, a horrendous. But God will discipline his kids. He will. Have you ever been disciplined by God? <laughs> so, hell, uh, I don't know. I remember one time, bam, had, that was a car wreck. I had a stinking, rotten attitude. I probably told you this story years ago. I won't go into the detail. But I knew, you know, I knew at that moment, God's saying, Wake up, Mr. Don. You know, and, and you know, I, I, I my car spun around in, in this parking lot and I, I said, thank you, God, I'm not dead, thank you, but thank you, God, I knew exactly, I confessed my sin. You know, God says, I love you guys, I love you, wake up, wake up, wake up, and this group, they wouldn't do it at first, but sometimes our brokenness, not always, don't get me wrong, but sometimes our brokenness is because of our sinfulness. You know, God has to deal with us. And, he, and that's what he did. In Jeremiah 19, verse 11, again, I, I read it quickly. Thus says the Lord of hosts, So I will break this people and this city, even as one breaks a potter's vessel. Whoa. You, you, you ever had one of those? And of course, I'm thinking when the grandkids come over, okay, if there's anything valuable, I better put it up, right? Because there's this kind of a tendency. Oh, that's a pretty, you know, that's a pretty thing. You're carrying it around. Well, that was a pretty thing. It's gone in history or historical at this point. But no, no, God says, I, I have to I have to break you. Now he didn't break them for a permanent breaking. He he didn't do that to get rid of them, say, Well, I'm just wiping you off the face of the earth. But he did discipline them. And sometimes our brokenness is because of our sinfulness. And God, God in his love will discipline us. Remember this passage. My son, this is in Hebrews 12. My son, my daughter, my kid, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor faint when you are reproved by Him. For those whom the Lord loves, He disciplines. Those whom the Lord loves, He disciplines. You know, if you've been disciplined by the Lord, you know the Lord. It's because he, the Lord loves you. He loves you. Why? Because if, you know, you say, you say to... Uh, Born, my, our, our youngest little granddaughter in, uh, in Peterborough, she, they call her the runner, right? And I believe me, we were at a, a little outing area, and I got enough exercise to last for a couple of months just trying to keep up with this kid, right? But you're saying, no, honey, I can see, no, honey, no... No, Heidi, we are not going to cross the traffic. We are not. That is not a good idea, right? Why? Because I'm mean and nasty. Well, she might think so. But it's because I love the kid, right? You don't run into the traffic. You say, no, no, no. God says, no, 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 because I love you. And so sometimes our, we get into a mess, and God has the discipline because he, he loves us. But sometimes our brokenness is not because of our own sin. Sometimes it's just, we live in a sinful world and we have a a, a messed up situation. We live in a broken, messed up world. And so sometimes our heart aches just because what somebody else did or some other circumstance we couldn't control. But God loves, he cares about the brokenhearted. And I'm so thankful he does. Aren't you thankful he cares about you? Even in your mess up, even when it's your fault, he cares for you. But God wants to heal the brokenhearted. And that's where I think, You know, so many dear, dear people, they're in such tragic situations. And and God wants to come alongside. He says, I know, I know, I know it's hurt. I know it's painful. But I want to bring the best out of this for you. God God doesn't exempt us from the pain of life. But he uses pain in life for the Christian. He uses pain in life for his best for that person. But yet, at times, we still have to go through those seasons of brokenness, those seasons when things just are not what we want them to be. And God says, I love you, I come beside you. He wants to bind up our wounds. Again, we read in our passage, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Now of course these people they were back in the land, they were excited, it was it was they you know this was a high spot in their hole and, and God says, you know what, you've been through a terrible, terrible season. And he brings them around. It's kind of like little kids, you know, you bring them around, you give them a hug, right? If they've been through something terrible, you you know, you hug them and you, you just try to comfort their little hearts. And God binds up the brokenhearted and he does it. He loves us because He of his loving kindness. And this goes on down and talks about God's loving kindness and we'll talk about that Lord willing really next week. But his His love, he wraps his unfailing love around us and he says, I love you. I want to help you. I'm going to carry you through this. What is the this for you right now? What is it? We all have, we all have our deals, right? We all, whether it's you know we have some dear, dear saints, and uh, they're going that we have a little a little baby that was born, a cute little little boy, right just a cute little boy, and uh, his parents are involved in our church and but after he 's born, of course everybody's celebrating his birth, but shortly after he 's born, just the day of I believe they realized he had a heart problem, and so the little guy has had two open heart surgeries, and they keep. His parents are going back into Children's Hospital in Toronto on a regular basis because he got infection, and then they finally put this one. Uh, this they worked on the heart, so they had some stuff that can hold him, and and he's doing pretty. He's doing well right now, but you know he's going This is gonna be an ongoing deal. This little kid. And, and you can say, well, God, that's just not fair. That's just not fair. And we don't understand why God does that. We can't say, well, that's how parents, you know, they, they sinned against God. We're not saying that at all, no. But it's a broken time. Can you imagine how exhausted? I mean, they have they have three other little girls, and they're trying to take this little kid to the hospital, the hospital, the hospital, the hospital, the hospital. And you've got three other little girls you're trying to raise. And you're trying to have funds to just do the whole thing, right? That's a That's a hard, hard season for this little family. But, you know, they... By God's grace, they just keep on keeping on. But it's a season of brokenness. And God comes and he wraps around his arms around them. And he says, I love you. I'm here for you. I'm supporting you. And he is. He's carrying them. But now, let's just notice this. God, and God can do this because God not only loves us, but because he's great. And notice what it reads on down. And this this reminds us of God's how awesome he is. Verse 4. He counts the number of the stars. He gives names to all of them. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> you look out, you look at the stars, you know you see a, you know a, a a picture or a scan of the stars and there's no way. Like there's no way we could count them, right? God has even named them. That's how awesome he is, how big he is. He 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 counts the number of the stars. He gives names to all of them. Great is our Lord and abundant in strength. Isn't that the kind of God you want? Great is the Lord. We're not great. We can't, can't, you know, a lot of times we can't even get through a day barely. Great is the Lord. And He is awesome in strength. He's overwhelming, abundant. His understanding is infinite. You know, whatever God is allowing us to go through, a lot of it we'll not know, we'll not understand in this lifetime. But he has a plan that's bigger than our thinking. He has a plan because it's infinite. And he uses all the stuff that comes into our life because he understands far better than we. The Lord supports the afflicted and brings down the wicked. You know, we need those times of of support. We need God to hold us up when we can't hold ourselves up. And I, I do think this is probably needful for some who have been run over, Uh, by other people, maybe it's at work, maybe it's in family situations, people have been brutal, they've been hurtful. God, you know what He does for His own kids? Notice what it says. He says, He brings down the wicked to the ground. That's what He ultimately did to the Babylonians, right? And God, I have to remind myself of this sometimes. You know, if if somebody has been brutally mean, the the Lord says, Hey, don't take out your own vengeance. Don't, don't pay back. You know, don't give back for you know even for even eye for eye. No, no, no. God says, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. That's what God says. He'll, he'll, deal with, he'll deal with all those who have created havoc in your life, hurt in your life. God will deal with that. But for us, he will comfort us in our affliction because of his loving kindness and his greatness. We should praise him. We should praise him. I just I'll just close with this. There's a a young guy. Uh, I'd say he's early 30s. He has a beautiful uh, little family. His wife, she's a dear, dear person, and, and got a little boy. They were there Wednesday night. We had a Wednesday night meeting, and and he's he's just uh, Mr. Social and active, and just a cutest little kid, right? And uh, I really, I really like this little family, it's just special. One day, uh, he, the dad, and I were, we, there was a conference, and when we were coming back from the conference, we just ended up riding together in his car. And so we had, a, we had a, an hour probably to just visit back and forth, and, and we already had a relationship, but that just cemented more of our ties. And, uh, but anyway, the story behind the story is that Jordan has uh, a brain tumor. Just, just a young guy. If you'd look at him, you, and, and Jordan has told me this, you know, people think I, you know, they say I look, I look great. He says I look better than I feel. He's got this brain tumor, and they've treated him with different things. They're treating him, trying to care for him. But they, they have not changed this. The very, when they first found this, it is incurable. And, it, and you look at this guy and he, he loves the Lord and he loves his wife and he loves his little boy and he's a young man and incurable brain cancer, this tumor. And, and, and as we were riding along and talking and just, you know, and he's smiling, he said, you know what? He says, for what God has done in our lives through this, what God has done, I wouldn't trade it. He knows that God loves him. God is great, and we don't know what God has for him, but we know what God is doing in him. He was praising the Lord for God's greatness and loving kindness, what God was doing for him in his broken season. And, and he says, I I you know he says, you know I, he's talking about you know caring for his wife, hoping the best for her at, when he's gone and you know, thinking about his little boy and and you think, oh God, you know, for many of us, we would just be bitter and blown away and say, why God? But God has touched his life through his greatness and his loving kindness and Jordan is praising the Lord in the midst of his season of brokenness. May God help us just to know how awesome he is to praise him whatever the season is, those seasons when we're dragging and we think there's not one, I cannot take another step, God's greatness and his loving kindness is available to us. May we draw near to him in our seasons, even the broken ones, and allow him to be our resource. Let's pray. God, help us remember who you are Help us get to know you even better. Help us come to grasp your loving kindness for us. And Father, if there's anyone here who's never put their faith in Christ, who's never received the love for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. If someone has never trusted in Christ for him to be their personal savior, may that happen even today. And Father, for those of us who have received, may we just remember that your love has not stopped when we come to a crisis when we come to a mess, when we come to our brokenness, but your love still shines and it's still sufficient. And may we hold on to your loving kindness and your greatness that we might keep on moving forward, recognizing you are adequate for whatever we face. May we go on praising you as we count upon you. In Christ's name, amen. I just remembered I'm supposed to pray for the food. Right?